0: for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Praise God. Well, Father God, we thank you for these, these moments leading up to communion together. We thank you for the Spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, Jesus, to be released, that we wouldn't just cognitively understand, but we would be marked in our hearts, that your spirit would be released, we'd mix your word with faith, and there would be transformation, there would be true expectation and hope, genuine hope, in an hour where so many are losing hope, in Jesus' name, amen. If you don't have the notes, this will really help you. If you get the notes, raise your hand. They'll help you. I have a little handout on the back, a little graph on the back that will help you to study out later. Yes, we have hands going up around here. I won't necessarily cover everything, but you can take it and study it out. Um, A few weeks ago, we looked at four appearances of the resurrected Jesus and four lessons we can draw from those four appearances. Jesus spent fully 40 days on the earth in his resurrected body with a specific plan from his heavenly father to prepare his disciples to make it in a world that Jesus knew was going to be hostile to the gospel. Then he did something just really amazing. He ascended up into heaven in plain view of those around him. Theologians say it wasn't just the 11 disciples. It was probably more like 200 or so. There, there Can you just imagine being there in person watching the Jesus ascend, go up, and be, then go up into a cloud? Of course, he didn't just stay in the cloud. He went through the cloud, went all the way to I mean, can you imagine being there to see that? I mean, I, I don't know how fast he went up. I don't think he, you know, buzz light here, but I think he was I think he was slowly ascending. I think he was probably looking at people with love in his eyes. I mean, this like really happened. This wasn't, you know, some Las Vegas stage prop. This wasn't, you know, David Copperfield at the Mirage or something. I mean. The Son of Man went straight up, 100 feet, 200 feet, caught up in the air, and then went on to heaven in front of eyewitnesses. The 40 days, though, before that, I believe, have some real lessons for us to look at. Just real quick, I summarize the four lessons we looked at before that we can draw from the four appearances we looked at. First is that God is our source of comfort. And by the way, these four lessons, they're really relevant to us today. Number one, God is our comfort. I mean, he's our source of clarity and comfort in an age of chaos. Second, God is our ultimate source of material provision. Third, Jesus is our source of forgiveness, healing, and restoration When or if we stumble into sin. I I meant to put if in your notes there too, because as Christians, we don't have to, right? right? Amen? But when we do, he's there to restore us. Fourth point, Holy Spirit is our source of divine power to be witnesses for Jesus in this age, again, an age that's hostile to the gospel. Now, for the full notes, you can go online and get those. I won't take more time on that. But I believe that every appearance and every dialogue that Jesus had with human beings after his resurrection had a purpose and a plan attached to it. Now, the overall goals of that that purpose and plan are found in Acts 1-3. I just want to read it now. It says, after his suffering, that's after Jesus went to the cross. We'll see what his the two main goals were. Jesus presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So two main purposes in those 40 days was to prove to people he had indeed risen, and then to impart understanding to his disciples about the kingdom of God. So that's kind of what we're drawing from as we, we look at some of these appearances. You know, it's interesting to me, I don't think this has ever happened to me before, but over the last couple of weeks, I've had the same prophetic picture come into my mind about River in the Hills, and it first came during a worship service, then the next two times it came, and I say randomly, it was like, I was just worshiping. The same picture drops into my mind. Uh, two, two prayer sets at our Lake Travis prayer room With the second and third times. It was this picture of the Lord Jesus laying insulation in the ceiling of River in the Hills. Laying uh, insulation in the, I put attic, I guess this is a ceiling, And so there's a picture of what's happening. I think it's interesting today is May Day, which commemorates labor. So this is, notice what I'm seeing. This is really what I was seeing. It's Jesus isn't finished and he's looking for us to co-labor with him, but he wants to lay insulation in this church so that we will be insulated from the pressure and the heat of the, in the days to come, the, the increased heat that's coming to our economy, to our nation, to our culture, to Israel, and to the nations of the earth. And we need to be insulated. So as one of your pastors, I want to be a part of helping the Lord to helping equip us to be ready for those days ahead. Now, you may say, well, Glenn, man, it's already hot. I mean, just look at the news. It's hot. Well, I've got news for you. It's going to get hotter. I don't say that to scare you. I say that to prepare you. You're alive for such a time as this. God put you on the planet right now because he knew that he would be your strength and you were up for it when you get down on your face before the Lord. He does want us to know what is happening? It's going to get hotter, and, uh, you know, it, yeah, that picture was already up there, but I four quick reasons why it's going to get hotter. Is it just because I'm a negative person? <laughs> no, well, sometimes I'm negative, but it's going to get hotter because Satan is raging. We all know that, but God is shaking. He's shaking the nation so people will come to Jesus. People are sinning, and creation is groaning. Devil's raging, God is shaking, man is sinning, and creation is groaning. And those things are continuing to happen, so we need to be insulated. I kicked the water again. I'm very good at that. Two ways that I see insulation. I asked the Holy Spirit, what is this insulation for? Well, two two ways. They're in your notes there. He wants to insulate us, protect us from the bad things, and insulate us for the good things. From the bad things, we've been talking about this recently, from the fold, F-O-L-D-D, insulate us from the bad things of fear, offense, lust, deception, and despair. He wants to insulate us for the good things which is to be able to help other people the people in your family the people you love the people you meet to be insulated so they don't fold under the pressure So he wants to do two things with this area of insulation you know I can see it all around me People are in fear I can see fear that I can see it in their eyes it's like there's Real panic. Now I'm talking not not in here, not so much in here, but outside the church. I mean in here, it's like, you know, Braveheart or I never saw an Avenger movie. I'm sorry, Ben. <laughs> but you know, they're probably like, Freedom, you know, that's what it's like to be at River in the Hills. Okay, we are we are not cowering down in, in, in that, but I see it outside. There's a guy at Gold's Gym where I work out. I don't see him every day, but when he's there, he looks, he comes across to where I am, and i got my headphones in, I'm doing something, you know, I'm listening to something. He's like, So I take my, he goes, is the world going to blow up? What's happening? No, he's got real fear on his face. He's like, how, is this it? He's got a family, beautiful family, and he's like, He's really concerned. And every time he talks to me, thankfully, I've got something I can share with him from the Bible. Because usually he's watching this kind of YouTube, non biblical teachers, and he's getting all this stuff. But hope, thankfully, he wants to know about the end times. And he's close to receiving Jesus. So keep praying for me. <laughs> but I walk away from every encounter with him going, I'm glad I was able to help him, but man, I need to study more. Yeah. I need to study this thing out more so that I can not just spit out a few Bible facts and get to my biceps, but so that I can actually have peace in my heart myself because I understand the biblical end-time narrative and that I can then impart that peace yeah. to people around me. Because folks, they're not going to care a whole lot about anybody's pedigree they're going to say, you, what do you think? And we need to be ready. We need to be ready to not only give some tr- biblical truth, but to impart peace to them. And so I want to encourage all of us to go for it, to apply yourselves in a regular, scheduled way to understand and study you know, there's 150 chapters in the Bible about the return of the Lord. There's there's less, I 75, 89. 89. Thank you, for about the first coming. There's 150 chapters about the second coming. So I am going to read you a sentence. I put it in your notes. It's just kind of a a challenge. I asked Kyle to put a little piece of paper out on the lobby there. It's one page. It's, it's kind of an appetizer. It's got his phone number. You can text the number 150 to his phone number, and he'll give you more resources. But I want to tell you, these things, I know a little bit about each of these, but I know I want to become more proficient, and I want to challenge us as a church to become more proficient in this, to study this out. So here's the sentence. Studying the 150 chapters related to the end of the age, the return of Jesus, the salvation of Israel, the birthing of the age to come, the establishing of righteousness and peace and justice globally by Jesus as bridegroom, king, and judge from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the rage of the nations and the rage of Satan and the judgments in the earth. No, that's a hand mouthful. But as I read that, I'm not that smart. I didn't come up with that sentence. That was David Slyker from uh, International House of Prayer University. But as I'm reading that, as you look at each topic there, it's something that I'm like, I know a little. I want to go deeper. I've also included on the back of your notes a little graphic of the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus with verses for you to dig out on that, because that also, I think, will help prepare us. It's what we're going to move into now today. Roman numeral four. I want to look at two more appearances of the resurrected Jesus. In his resurrected body, uh, one, the first one Luke 24. It's about when Jesus um, appeared in his resurrected body to the 11 disciples minus Thomas. And then eight days later, when he appeared to the all 11 disciples, including Thomas. And we're going to look at the lesson that we can draw from this after we read it. But let's look at Luke 24, starting with verse 36. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened, and supposed they had seen a spirit or a ghost. And he said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still not believe. They still did not believe for joy and marveled. He said to them, basically, you got any food around here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb. They gave him long john silvers and a sopapilla with honey on it. If that was, I'm from New Mexico. So. But he asked them, you know, what do you have? Broiled fish and some honeycomb. And he took it and he ate it in their presence. Wow. Now the disciples were understandably scared because they didn't know what was going on. I mean, they'd seen the man; they'd been followed. Their master. They followed him for three years, and then he. They saw him hung three days earlier, hanging on a cross, died in a tomb, and then there he is, appearing to them. They weren't sure, and they had forgotten that Jesus had said in Luke 9, this is Luke 9, uh, Luke 9, um, Luke 24, right? Yeah, Luke chapter 24. Back in Luke 9, verse 22, Jesus had told them, I'm going to die, I'm going to be buried, and I'm going to rise again. But they had forgotten that. So he could see they were like, what? So Jesus does something Amazing. He shows them the scars in his hands and feet. He shows them the the scar in his side, proving to them that it was the same body that was crucified, but transformed. Same body, but transformed. A resurrected body. Now, Thomas wasn't there in Luke 24. Thomas had said later in John. Chapter 20, verse 24, I'm not going to believe unless I can see his hands and his side and put my hand in his side. Now, you know, those who know, why would it be in his side? Because that's where the spear was thrust by the Roman soldiers. So Thomas is saying, I'm not going to believe unless I see, unless I actually put my hand and feel the scar. Now, I love this. People give Thomas a bad rap. But this touches me, that Jesus is like, Thomas followed me around. It was, you know, I led him for three years. He didn't want Thomas to be left out. And so Jesus, get this, Jesus met Thomas at the point of his faith. Even when we're faithless, he remains faithful. He will reach to you where you are in your faith. And that's what I think was the big thing. Jesus wanted Thomas to know, it is me, I have risen, but also, it's me, and I'm in a real physical body, a resurrected body. I'm not a ghost. And that's real important. That's the really good news, the the lesson that we can take away. So that was a week later... Jesus did this. He comes to Thomas, verse 27. He says, reach out. I already read that. All right, so same body transformed. Now, these appearances, we can take away a powerful lesson from these two appearances. Okay? I didn't write it right in my notes, but I'd already made uh, 99 copies, so I'm like, I'm going to go ahead. But here's what I would write there, because to have it be consistent, right, Haley, you understand, like, master's degree, you know... He's the source of this. God's the source of this. Well, in this case, the lesson is Jesus is our source of hope for the future. Jesus is our source of hope for the future. In particular, two aspects about our future. We who are in Christ, who received Jesus as Lord and Savior, we will receive a resurrected body and we will see our loved ones and friends again who are in Christ also we will get a resurrected physical body and they will and we will see them again now this is this is huge it's really huge i mean we're going to have real physical resurrected bodies why because Jesus had a real, physical, resurrected body. You know, I like to put it this way: we, we won't. We'll, you know, what what will it be like in the millennium when we have our resurrected resurrected bodies? I mean, you know, we won't be these like vapor clouds floating around, and you know, oh, oh, it says Kevin Hula. Okay, you have a name tag. Okay. You know, oh, there's Ben, hey, you know, as a cloud and a cloud. Could you go ahead and stand up, Ben? I'm thinking Ben's back from uh, Illinois. Yeah, I thought you'd be good for this since you're here. So come come on up here. So stand right there. All right, camera. I don't know how it's going to work. Now look at me. I'm like, it's been a long time. I'm like looking at you, Ben. Okay, but I'm not a vapor cloud. But it's not going to be like this. Ben, oh. <laughs> because he's a cloud and I'm a cloud. Are you following me? Alright, that's really corny, but you're getting it. No, I'm gonna have a physical, real, resurrected body. I'm gonna see Ben. I'm gonna go Ben. Come on. Give me a bear hug, all right? <laughs> okay, I can do it. Without a cue. Isn't that going to be great? We're going to have real... And then Jesus said, give me some fish to eat, some honeycomb. I said it last week. He's going he's to eat pizza with Sarah. Todd Adams is going to eat pizza with Sarah. Patty Sandstrom, are you here? He's going to... Carl's going to be drinking that coffee that tastes like Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I don't know if it will be. My mom, my mom loved chicken, uh, Kentucky fried chicken. I don't know. I don't know if we'll eat Kentucky fried chicken again. It might be heaven fi- fried chicken. I love Chick-fil-A. There you go. Maybe Stephen Lavaji you can make, draw a painting of Heavenly food or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what it's all going to be like. I just know it's exciting. It's hope. There's hope, guys. I, I know I'm excited, but I'm, this has been hitting me. These, this is, so many are losing hope. Hope I would define as confident expectation about the future according to God's word. And this gives us hope. I tell you, knowing that we'll get gloriously changed resurrection bodies, which will live in forever, and we will see our loved ones again and be with them and with Jesus forever, that is a great insulator and motivator for me to live in this hour, insulated and victorious in my spirit. It's a great motivator to not get discouraged when so many around me are. This isn't all there is. It's going to be awesome. What we do, I'm just not going to run out the clock in lukewarm Christianity. Because what I do now matters now and in the age to come. You know, we, you know, they have a phrase. I don't know who came up with it first, but Lord, it's a prayer. Lord, help us to grow up before we go up. So I, it's a motivator, these two truths. So Jesus guarantees. His resurrection guarantees our resurrection. Now I'm talking about those who are totally committed to Christ because there's a lot of lukewarmness these days, and the Bible even talks about a great falling away. So I am talking, I'm not saying, oh, you're just guaranteed. I'm saying, let's be totally committed to Christ. His resurrection guarantees our resurrection. You know, I know I, I put this joke in here. It's horrible. I never usually do this, but I thought, his resurrection guarantees our resurrection. Like Larry the Cable Guy, I don't care who you are, that's fire right there. Nobody laughed. I liked it. I heard it as I wrote it. I don't care who you are. His resurrection guarantees our resurrection. Paragraph B, it gets better. His resurrection body is a pattern for ours. Again, I can't tell you exactly what our resurrection body is going to be like. I There there are five specific things I could talk about later at another time if you want to hear about that from Scripture. But um, Paul says in Philippians 3, verse 20 and 21, he says, for our citizenship is in heaven. I'm going to stop right there and say, those of us who are born again, who've committed our lives to Christ, our citizenship is in heaven. We currently live on earth, but this isn't our home. We are citizens. Doesn't it say that right there? Philippians 3.20. Our citizenship is in heaven. We're just visiting here. We're just pilgrims. We're missionaries. We're, as Misty Edwards sings, we're ambassadors for a wedding. Our citizenship is in heaven. And you know what? If you're a citizen of a country, to travel to another country, you need a passport. Yep. I think I got a picture of a passport up there. Okay, that's a U.S. passport. But we're not citizens of the U.S. primarily. We're citizens of heaven. Right. So when, we are, are, when it's time, you know what our passport is? It's the blood of Jesus. Who said that? Gold star. <laughs> Our passport is the blood of Jesus. So, you know, if you go back into the U.S., you, there's a TSA agent. They open it up, they look at your passport, and then they look at you, and now they scan and all that. There's a holy TSA agent in heaven. You get to the gates. When it's your time, you're going to get to the gates. The TSA is just going to say, passport, please. You're going to hand him your passport because you're a Christian. He or she is going to look at it and see the blood of Jesus and see you through the blood. And they're going to take that stamp and go, welcome home. Welcome home. We are citizens of heaven. And this, again, is a motivator for me. I mean, let's, let's look on to the rest of the verse from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're here on earth, we're here in Texas. Let me ask us all the rhetorical question. Are we eagerly waiting for the Savior? I'm not saying you wish you were dead right now. Okay, let's be honest. It's, am I eagerly waiting? I don't know that we are as much as we... God wants us to, because we don't really see what it's going to be. But when we see, the more we see. I mean, I'm truly looking forward to being with my mom. Yeah. My dad came to know the Lord just months before he passed on. And he, uh, he, <clears throat> the Lord said I was going to the hospital. He had terminal cancer. And uh, he'd been mocking me to be that I was a Christian most of my life. I fly to Albuquerque, he's a, you know, come see him. We don't know how long he has. I'm getting in a, a taxi to go to the hospital. The Holy Spirit says in my heart, you're going to lead him to Jesus today. And I was like, he's made fun of me. What? what? Well, if I'm going to do this, what do I tell him? He gave me what to say. He said, you tell him you can't make up for the time you weren't together in, in this world. But we can make up for it in heaven. I was like, is that going to work? It did. He received Jesus and for months he was gloriously saved saying, hey, let's, let's pray for your brother. Let's, I was like, I am so looking forward to this because I'm eagerly waiting what's going to happen after this. I pray this is a comfort to us today as we look forward. You see, Jesus, the rest of that, verse 21, kind of going slowly through here, but Philippians 3, 21, he will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. So Jesus is going to change, the Bible calls our body, a lowly body, a body, literal translation, a body of humiliation. Yeah. That means this body that we're in right now, it is prone to sin, prone to sickness. I pulled my back out yesterday, emptying some trays, prone to pulled muscles. I think I got healed during worship today, jumping at graves to gardens. I won't feel any pain. But we have bodies that are lowly in that sense, but they're going to be changed into the body of his glory. This body is going to change. 1 John 3, 2. I'm almost landing the plane here. Marissa, you can come up. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. We don't know exactly, basically it's saying, we don't know exactly what this new body is going to be like. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And this is really important. Verse 3, as we start, I'm, I've got some more point, another point, but as we come to the communion time, verse 3 there, 1 John 3 says, And everyone who has this hope... Remember the lesson is that we have Jesus is our source of hope. How many of you have hope today that you're gonna get that resurrected body and you're gonna see your loved ones again? Okay, look at what it says. Everyone who has this hope in them. Now I know oh yeah. Uh, everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So we have hope this morning, and notice what the outworking of having hope this morning will be. We will be proactive about purifying ourselves. We will we'll be working and in, in giving our energy toward walking in greater holiness and Christ likeness. Not to earn salvation, but we have this hope in us that we are going to see him and we're going to have this new body, that it matters. So this is, it's really important. My phone goes off at 13.30 every day, 1.30, as a, a nudge to pray. And what I pray, virtually every day when my phone goes off, because it's about Joshua and Caleb saying, we're able to go up and take possession. I say, Lord, phone goes off. I say, Lord, I thank you that I am well able by your Spirit to take possession of purity and security. I ask that. I ask it every day. And I'm seeing it more and more uh, that I am heading toward purifying myself and being more secure, meaning I'm not, you know, tossed around by fear of man. I want to have security as a son of God. Uh, and walk in purity finally people say what will our resurrection body be like paragraph C here's what we can get excited about when it comes to seeing our loved ones again who know Jesus 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty-five 35-38 but someone will say how are the dead raised up and with what body do they come Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. Then he gives this example of a seed. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but you sow mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases, and to each seed its own body. Now there are two things combined there. When we look at this, there's continuity and there's change. There's continuity, big big fancy word meaning if you sow an apple seed in the ground, you get you don't get an orange or a peach or a peach tree, you get an apple tree. That's continuity. The nature of a seed determines the life that will come up out of that seed. You got to think here for a second, okay? Uh, It's late, okay. Continuity means the nature of that seed, what's going to come up, it is out of that seed. It determines the life that's going to come out of that seed. But there's also change. An apple seed, when you sow an apple seed, an apple tree comes up. So a peach tree doesn't come up but something really changed than an apple seed comes out of that. So think about us. Think about us for a second. There's continuity meaning you'll be the same but there will be a tremendous supernatural change. What comes up your resurrected body is totally different than what you sow. Your body is sown in burial. It goes into the ground as a seed. Your same body will come forth, but a totally different kind of body. Not a new body, the same body, but changed. What a picture that paints. I always marvel about that because I think about the big example I think of is, can you show that watermelon seed? I think of a, a watermelon seed that, that little black seed gets sown in the ground. It's like our earth, this lowly body gets sown in the ground when we die. What comes up, you'll show that picture of the full watermelon, is that beautiful Whole watermelon from one seed, and so it's a every time a seed is sown, it's a miracle for us to remind us that this body's not gonna stay this way, it's not gonna go and die for and never be around. We're gonna have a new resurrected body. Would you stand up to your feet? I just brought a piece today because I just want to illustrate it. Also, I'm a little dehydrated. (laughs) But I want to think more when I eat a watermelon. This is a miracle. This is that seed. There's actually no seeds in this one. That's a bad illustration. But the seed gets sown. And a tremendously changed body comes up. Before we receive communion, I'd like those who are going to be giving the communion elements out to be at the tables. 1 Corinthians 11.28 says, Before you receive the communion, to examine yourselves, to see if there's any, any area of your life that you need to repent of. So I want to give us an opportunity, like I I said earlier in the message, when you have this hope in you, you'll purify yourself. Don't allow some little thing of compromise to stay. There's grace today to repent of it and say, Lord, would you forgive me? And I want you to do that before you come up and get these elements you're taking a step saying "I, you are my source of hope Jesus you have a resurrected body You'll see my loved ones again this isn't all there is and I want to walk in greater purity and holiness the rest of my days and if you're here today and you don't know Jesus you're here because someone brought you here, you've been to maybe church life, you haven't really ever open the door of your heart I shared a five year old, four or five year old girl a few weeks ago at Good Friday service I was by that door and said I want to ask Jesus in my life and I opened the door right next to me and I said it's just like opening the door of your heart and asking Jesus to come in. You realize if you don't open the door of your heart and ask Jesus to come in you won't get that resurrected body you won't be what I've been describing it'll be really bad so before we come up I want to lead us in a prayer right now to open the door of your heart ask Jesus to come in and it it might help around you if, if someone is like yeah I haven't ever really done that if the rest of you could just say this with me and Those, all of us to say this and if you're the first time asking the Lord to come in just say it out of your mouth as well but you won't be all alone in, in saying it did you say this with me God I have sinned I'm sorry forgive me I believe Jesus is your son and I'd like to invite him to come into my heart. I want to trust Him as my Savior from this day forward and forever. Amen. Now if you never prayed a prayer like that when we come up to receive communion and you say, I opened the door just now want you to get in line with these as well and receive the bread and cup of communion and then come and talk to one of us after the service and say, you know, I opened the door today. Father, we thank you now. How will we escape the heat of the hour if we neglect such a great salvation? So we thank you for the great salvation through your body broken on the tree in your bloodshed. Thank you for forgiving us as we've examined ourselves. Would you strengthen us now as we remember you through communion? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.